verse number 1, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Let us pray. Father, we're so grateful that you've allowed us to be back in the house of the Lord tonight. We've just been overwhelmed with this good singing. Lord, we've enjoyed all the singing tonight. And then to hear the testimonies of how you are bubbling over in the lives of your people. And we thank you for what you've done. Lord, this week it's been like a momentum has just kept building like a locomotive, just keeping on building. And we thank you for that. Now here we are needing some help again tonight. We don't want to throw it up in neutral. I'm not interested in coasting across the finish line. I pray for full throttle ahead tonight that you'll give us what we need and all that's accomplished. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray, amen and amen. For you that's not been with us, Psalm chapter 46 is one of the 11 Psalms in the Bible that are designated for the sons of Korah. Korah was a rebel. He was a renegade. The earth, in number 16, opened her mouth and swallowed Korah and all those rebels into hell alive. Well, Korah had some boys. These boys made a tough choice. They chose to go with God against their dad. They chose to go with Moses against their dad. My hat's off to any young person who goes against the grain, goes against their family, goes against the community to go with God Almighty. Well, these boys were heartbroken. That's why verse 1 says what it does. God is a refuge. These boys needed a refuge. God is a strength. These boys needed some strength. And then our last statement is what I've been launching from this week where the Bible said that God is a very present help in trouble. Studying those words and terms, Brother Vaughn, that simply means that He will meet you there. You know, I'm looking at people tonight. I have watched God this week meet with you. Friend, you could miss me. You could miss Pastor Jimmy. You could miss everybody here. But if He'll come by, uh, He'll help you when He meets you there. I've showed you some places in the Bible where God will meet you there. Number one, Brother Tony, He'll meet you in the place of pardon. I've said this every night and want to say it again. If you're lost without Christ tonight, if you've never been saved, if you'd be willing to come to this altar, He will meet you there. He'll meet you there in the place of pardon. We found He'll meet you there in the place of propagation. You know, the Lord promised us, Jake, here's a good thing for your new church. As long as we are about the business of spreading the gospel, witnessing to lost people, performing the Great Commission, He said, Lo, I'm with you all way, even unto the end of the world. 
Brother Charles, when you're running that van, Brother Reed, when you're running that bus, hey, he'll meet you there. That's his business. That's the gospel business. That's why Jesus came. Amen. Number three, we found in a tough and terrible time for Joseph as a 17-year-old boy as he was approached by a very evil and seductive woman in chapter number 39. The Bible said when she cast her eyes on him and she provoked him and she tried to seduce him, the Bible said he refused. How in the world could a young man turn down such seduction in such a wicked woman? Four times in Genesis 39, the Bible says the Lord was with him. And you know, I'm glad to tell you tonight, we are, listen, we're going to face temptation, but He'll meet you there, and you'll be able to refuse and go on for God. We found He'll meet you there in prayer access. We used a closet. My, I'm glad you can pray in a closet. Nobody can see you but Him. Nobody can hear you but Him. But He's promised He'll meet you there. We found praying in a church. What about that? They prayed old Peter out of prison. Opened those iron gates of the prison. God did all that. He met them there. Brother Jimmy's talking about last night. We met last night and talked about praise. Friends, our churches are drying up. Our churches are dying. Uh, friend, we're as cold as a winter wind. What we need is to come back in the house of God and praise God on purpose. I'm not waiting for the Spirit. I'm not waiting for something mysterious. I come tonight to praise God. You know how we're supposed to come in them doors? Psalm 100 verse 1, the Bible says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Enter into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. That's how we should enter into the house of the Lord. Too many people come in them doors singing gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Boy, that's not the way we're supposed to come to church. That song ain't in your hymn book. Come on now. We ought to come in a-praising God and lifting our voices and God will meet you there. We had proof of that last night. I just kept magnifying the truth of praise in the Bible. And I'm telling did you see God meet us? He just met us. It's just proof of it. Maybe sometime, Pastor Jimmy, when things are getting a little cold and things are getting a little still, maybe he ought to shout out, we need an attitude check. And when he says attitude check, about 15 of you jump straight up and shout hallelujah. And if it don't work, try it again. And if it don't work, try it again. The Bible says, Psalm 22 verse 3, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest. Brother Tony, he gets in it. 
He gets in it. When we praise Him, He gets in it. Well, tonight I want to give you one more thought. And we're going to one of the most, if not the most familiar chapter in the Word of God, Psalm chapter 23. I'm only picking up one verse tonight and see if you can find our theme in Psalm 23 and in verse number 4. Psalm 23. Y'all ready to roll? Y'all ready to go? Y'all ready to see if He'll meet us there? Oh yes, Brother Jake. Psalm 23 verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? How in the world can you be looking death in the face and fear no evil? I'll tell you why. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about passing over. We've heard a lot about healing, but I believe if we'll all be honest, even us that believe in healing, we know all healing is temporary. Come on now. Something one day is going to get us. <laughs> Something one day is going to take us out of here. But I'm glad there's going to be a day when we pass over. We're going to leave this world that's not our home. This world don't understand us. This world thinks we're insane. This world thinks we've lost our minds. But can I remind you, this is not home. We're just sojourners here. We're just ambassadors here. This is not my kingdom. I'm an ambassador from another kingdom. I represent a king and his name is Jesus. I represent a kingdom and it's called heaven. I just live here for right now. But one day I'm going to pass over. One day I'm going to bid this world farewell. You know, this thing of death to a human in the natural would have to be the scariest thing that a person could face. Facing death. Did you know there's been cases where men were on death row and they knew they were going to die in a few minutes, that they got under such pressure that they sweat blood through their pores. I'm talking about fear. I'm talking about being afraid. But tonight, child of God, when we come to that passing over place, we're not going to be sweating blood. We're not going to be afraid. You say, preacher, how could you look death in the face telling goodbye to everything that you've ever known that's familiar? How can you do that? I'll tell you how. Because He will meet you there. I'm glad when I'm breathing my last breath and my heart's a-beating its last beat and my lungs have inflated for the last time, I'm not leaving this world alone. Thank God He will meet you there in this thing of passing over. I wrote a verse down, don't turn, but most of you know the story of the great Spirit-filled preaching deacon by the name of Stephen. Boy, I love Stephen. You talk about a powerful man. 
My little Stephen back there is doing jumping jacks. Boy, you got a lot to live up to, Stephen. Stephen's name, do you know what your name means, son? It means a royal crown. It means a badge of honor. It means highly respected. Well, you know, isn't it amazing, Brother Reed, that the world hated a royal crown. They hated a badge of honor. They hated a man that was highly respected. He preached them a sermon. You ought to read that sermon. He scalded their hides. When he got done, it was like blood, guts, and gallbladders were everywhere. He didn't let... That's the kind of preaching I like, don't you? This mealy mouth, tiptoe through the tither preaching. I'm not tiptoeing through the tithers. I'm not tiptoeing through the tulips either. Brother, I come to preach, amen. And thank God, brother, old Stephen was a preacher. Y'all been clapping when I preach. But they, they used their hands, but they didn't clap. They reached down and picked up rocks. They started throwing rocks at the holy man of God. They started throwing rocks, Brother Charles, at the Spirit-filled Stephen, that great deacon of God. And oh, I can see him as his bruises begin to come to sight and, and as knots begin to rise in his body and blood begins to come down. They've just about killed old Stephen. Stephen's almost gone. If anybody in the Bible has ever looked like that they're all alone, old Stephen is looking all alone. Rocks all around him with blood on them as they've ricocheted off his body. Well, Stephen's just about to breathe his last breath. Stephen is not afraid. You know why he's not afraid? I want to read you a verse. Acts 7.56 And said... Stephen said, you know what he said when he's just about gone? He said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. You know what? Jesus stood up. You study the Bible. He is seated on the right hand. But when Stephen came home, Jesus stood up. You know why He stood up? Because He met Him there. And I'm telling you, when it comes time to cross over and bid this world farewell, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be discouraged. We're not going to be alone because He will meet you there. July 22nd, 1992. A precious little 58-year-old woman Bid this world farewell. Her name, Joy Anderson. She lived up to her name. She was a shouting mama. Teresa, if she'd have been here last night, she probably would have got out on the highway. We'd have probably had to have somebody go bring her back. I'm telling you, she was a shouting machine. Her name was Joy. And she lived up to her name. Well, July 22nd, 1992, at the age of 58, the silent killer wrapped around her life and choked the life out of my little mother. Well, she's laying there in a coma 
were all gathered around her bed. And the doctor loved my mother. She was a female doctor. My mama prayed with the doctor. My mama tried to win the doctor to the Lord. Oh, that's the kind of mama I had. And when the doctor saw mama not coming out of that coma, I remember her female doctor wiping tears and said, Family, I'm so sorry. I've done all that I can do. Mama's in a coma and she's not coming back and she's not going to be speaking to us anymore. And the doctor wept as she went out the door. About that time, being mama's just about gone, they sent in the hospital chaplain. It was a black man. I wish I remembered his name. He was such a kind man. He came in to offer comfort to our family because mama is almost gone. Mama's not going to talk no more. Mama's not going to speak no more. Mama's not going to get up no more. Well, the chaplain's there with us and we're all looking at mama about to breathe her last breath. All at once her eyes opened wide. Them little hands went straight up. I can see them needles and them tubes and hear them rattling. And she said, Beautiful! She started looking around. And that chaplain, it kind of got him. And I was watching him and watching Mama. And about that time she said, Beautiful! I can hear those tubes are rattling. And that chaplain looked at us and said, Family, I do believe she sees something that we don't see. Well, sure enough, she started saying beautiful. And then she went on this thing, beautiful streets. Beautiful streets. She went on that a while. And then she said, beautiful city. She went on that for a while. And then all at once, it's like she got another boost. And it's when she saw Him. She said, Jesus! Jesus! Jesus is so beautiful. Oh my, that's a good way to go, friend. That's a good way to go. Looks like she come out of that coma to me. Well, they come in the hospital room with, with more medicine to quieten her down. I said, that's about right. Folks tried to quieten her down at church. Now they're trying to quieten her down at their hospital bed. But they couldn't quieten her down. She shouted her way into the presence of the Lord. And you know the last thing she ever said on this earth? She looked at us and she said, Family, it's been worth it all. It's been worth every mile. How can a woman face death with that kind of bravery and face death with that kind of victory? It's because the Lord met her there. When it comes your time to go, He'll meet you there too. 20 years later, same hospital, same floor. We're gathered around my daddy. 20 years later, he's hooked all them machines too. And they done told us he's not coming back. It's like a repeat of 20 years ago. I'm just waiting for the hands to go up. Amen. And sure enough, my little daddy's crippled arthritis hands went up and he started praising God. He praised his way from that hospital hospice room into the presence of God. How can people leave everything familiar? How can people leave everything they've ever 
ever known. How can people leave everybody they've ever loved and known and have victory and joy? It's because He meets you there. He'll meet you there. Let's give the Lord a hand tonight. Can I give you another side to passing over? You see, everybody's not going to die. Do you know that? Do you know all of us are not going to die? Some of us are going out in what we call the rapture. When Jesus comes back again. I gave you one night this week Jesus' last words before He ascended back to heaven. Can I give you that again? Acts 1.8 But then you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now verse 9 And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld as he went up. I think about places in the Bible I would have liked to be in. And there's a lot of places I would have liked to be in and liked to saw. But that'll have to be one of the top places I would have liked to saw that. Jesus just gave them a promise that I'm going to give you power to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. And then can you imagine Jacob when he spake these things, Sean, as they beheld, as he went up. He just started going up. Woo! Can you imagine what a sight that was? As he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, not another, This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen Him go into heaven. He disappeared in the clouds that day, but one day He's going to reappear in the clouds again. He's coming back. I said He's coming back. He's not sending Moses He's not sending Elijah. He's not sending Joseph. He's not sending Daniel. He's coming back Himself. I mean the same Jesus that died on that cross. The same Jesus that was born in that Bethlehem stable. The same Jesus that lived a sinless life. The same Jesus that was baptized in Jordan by John the Baptist. The same Jesus that got up on resurrection morning. That same Jesus is coming back and we're going to pass over and we're leaving this world he'll meet you there let me give you a verse or two Revelation 4 1 church age chapter 2 chapter 3 then chapter 4 verse 1 after this I looked and behold a door was opened in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither. Woo! I'm just waiting for the trumpet to sound. I'm just waiting for Him to say, Come up hither. It could be tonight. It could be tonight. Glory to His name. Let me give you this. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord Himself, not another, not an imposter, 
not a fill-in, not a substitute. For the Lord Himself, Brother Vaughn, shall descend from heaven. He ascended in Acts 1, Brother H.C., but He's going to descend from heaven. This is the Bible. So I don't know about all that stuff. Well, you just better get to knowing about it. Did you know one out of every 25 verses in the New Testament tell us that Jesus is coming back? Sounds like He wants us to know He's a coming back. He'll descend from heaven with a shout. Not a pout, not a doubt, but a shout. Hey man, we got too much pouting now. we got too much doubting now. He's coming back with a shout. With the voice of the archangel. With the trump. Somebody needs to learn to play a trumpet here. Do you know that? I've talked about trumpets more this week than I have in a long time. I believe God wants somebody to learn to play the trumpet. It might be Reed. Say amen. Hallelujah. I'd like to be preaching about now and get Brother Reed to blow a trumpet. He's coming back with the trump of God and the dead in Christ. Listen, how many of you know somebody that's already died in the Lord? You know they're already there. Their bodies are planted somewhere in a graveyard. But Jesus is coming back. Now listen, the dead in Christ, those that we loved, those that we've known. I pastored 30 years. That represents a lot of funerals. Boy, I wept a lot of tears over members of our church that I loved so much. But you know, it's not goodbye. It's just see you later. It's just see you after a while. He's going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, Brother Paul, and the dead in Christ. Woo! Do you know somebody? Woo! Boy, I do. The dead in Christ shall rise first. How come they going to rise first? They got six feet further to come than we do. They need a head start. They're going to rise first, Miss Tammy. And the Bible said... The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. Now let me stop there a few minutes. Can I stop there a few minutes? Look who we're going to see first in the rapture. Look who we're going to see first. Some of you think it's Jesus, but wait a minute. We're going to be caught up together with them. Who's them? The dead in Christ. Our families, our friends, our church members, our brothers, our sisters in Christ that's already gone. We're going to see them again. It's going to be like a reunion in the clouds. Boy, when mama left here, she was looking bad. But when I see her in them clouds, She's going to be looking good. When daddy left here, he was a looking bad. But when I see him in the clouds, he's going to be looking good. You say, how are they going to look? Well, my opinion, this is Andersonology. You don't have to believe this. You can be wrong. Everybody's got a right to be wrong. But the Bible does say when we shall see him, we're going to be like him. How old was he? About 33. Amen. Prime of life. Prime of health. Prime of strength. I believe when I see my mama, she's going to be 33. She's going to be strong. I believe my dad will be that age. I believe the, listen, the saints that's gone before us, they may have got old and died. They may have got sick and died. But when we see them again, they're going to be young again. And they're going to be strong again. 
Woo! Can you imagine that reunion in the clouds? Glory to God. All them church members that I buried through the years. All my preacher friends that outran me. My mentors. I can't hardly preach without mentioning them. I'm going to get to see them all again. And we're going to meet Charles in the clouds. Can you imagine what a happy reunion that's going to be? We need to just think on that a little bit. Woo! (laughs) Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. But you know, Brother Jimmy, after we've had a reunion, I don't know how long that's going to take, and it ain't going to matter. But I can maybe hear mom and dad say, Don, we told you about how we gave you back to God when you was about a week old. And Don, we told you Bible stories all through your young life as you grew up. Don, we led you to the Lord. Don, we've prayed for you all the years until the Lord took us home. And Don, you know, we've tried to tell you about Jesus. And I want to introduce you to Him now. You say, preacher, I don't believe it's going to be that way. Let's see what the Bible says. We're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. We haven't met Him yet. Whoop! To meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Preacher, I'm kind of afraid of heights. Don't you worry. He'll meet you there. I'm talking about Jesus is coming back to take us home. I need a volunteer. Brother Charles, I won't embarrass you, I promise. Would you stand right here? Brother Charles is a big, strong guy. And I need him just a minute right here, Brother Charles. This is my good helper, my good friend. Appreciate Charles. Have any of you ever felt like as you're living for God that it's just like you're just constantly bumping into the devil? You ever feel like, come on, be honest. Now, look, we're going to make him the devil, but not for long, okay? All right, just kind of be firm. Will you do that? Just kind of be firm. Here's Don Anderson. Sean, here's old Don Anderson. There's a devil. (laughs) It seems like Seems like every time I try to go forward. <laughs> Any of you ever feel like that? But can I tell you something tonight? One of these days, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to think, I'm going to think I can't do this no more. And I'm going to look down. And I'm going to be standing in clouds. And I'm going to look up. It's not going to be the devil. It's going to be Jesus. Amen. Aren't you glad tonight that He will meet you there? You know, everybody, everybody can't cheer. Everybody can't applaud. Everybody can't get excited about that illustration. Because in reality... If the Lord came tonight, some of you would be ashamed. You'd be ashamed. You say, preacher, is that in the Bible? 1 John 3, 2 says, Now, 
are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. But this next verse, Jake, is the clincher. And every man, you know what every man means? Every man. Every man that hath this hope in him. What hope? The hope of the return of the Lord. Every man, Brother Paul, that hath this hope in him, what does he do? Purifieth himself even as He is pure. See how quiet it's got right there? All this loose living, all this worldly living, all this flirting, all this seduction, all this hanky-panky on social media, you're not looking for the Lord to come back. You're not looking for the Lord to come back. You married men can't wait to find some gal to flirt with. You're not looking for the Lord to come back. You ladies been batting those eyes at that guy down on the job. You're not looking for Jesus to come back. And I know I'm messing this sermon up, but I'm probably not. If we really believe that Jesus was coming back, it would have a cleansing effect. Was that right? If we really believed it, Alright, let's imagine. It is now 8.30. Brother Jimmy said I had to be home by 8.30, so I got a minute to get home. (laughs) If we 100% knew that Jesus was coming back at 8.35, if we 100% knew I wonder what would happen in this room. I don't think there'd be no invitation given. I think there might be somebody who need to tell somebody they're sorry. There might be somebody who needs to get on the altar and tell God you're sorry. You see, if we really believe He's coming back, H.C., if we really believe it, we'll purify ourselves even as he is pure. Preacher, you're just doing